Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 147. I'm Killian Vina. And I'm Zoe Belil Springer. In this week's episode, we're looking to find out more about the pros and cons behind experimenting with salon e commerce. On the show today from the Buddha Beauty Company in the UK, we're joined by co owners Llewellyn and Sam Thomas Wood. So, grab yourself a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and join us for all your business and marketing advice. Just at the start there, if it looked like we were in like deep concentration, it's because we were. Um, if anyone that listens to the episode, this is the second episode of a brand new season. And every time we do a new season, we have a new theme tune, which yeah. is that one just there. So we're like so concentrated, make sure we're coming in at the right time. <laughs> yeah. I think it's nice. Though. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. But first of all, thank you so much for everyone uh, being here. It's amazing. Mm. Thank you guys for joining us from the UK. I know you were only supposed to fly in for the summit, so to have you here today a day yeah. earlier is great. Thank you so much. Thank and welcome you. to Forest FM. Thank you. Pleasure. Do you want to go through some house rules? Yes, housekeeping. Cool. So, um, I know the, the, the guys have uh, had you on Slido, I think. Um, if anyone wants to take any pictures or publish on Instagram, that's totally fine with us. Um, you could tag the accounts Buddha Beauty Skincare and obviously Forest Salon Software, which you probably are already following. And the hashtag for anything related to this podcast is quite easy to remember it's Forest FM. So there we go. Cool. So let's just kick straight into it. Um, I suppose this episode is kind of around uh, what, the good, the bad, the ugly of uh, salon retail online. And for you guys, we kind of want to kick it off with, I suppose, the age-old question, which kind of sounds ironic asking you now because you're 100% vegan salon. Yeah. And what we want to know is if your salon's a chicken and your products are the egg, <laughs> which came first? Bad choice. Bad choice, yeah. <laughs> yeah which came first? The first it was the skincare. So originally we did, kind of flipped it around. Mm-hmm. So it started out as cabin crew for the airlines. Whilst I was doing nice study holistic therapy as a little sideline, Whilst experiencing spas down route, I started creating a few products and bringing those back to the UK, thinking I need to kind of build this more. And so we created an e-commerce website first. Mm-hmm. Through doing the e-commerce website, then we started doing pop-ups around the country. So pop-up stalls, Christmas markets, that kind of thing. And it was on the Christmas markets about eight years ago, after about the 30th person saying, where's your salon? We were like, I think the penny's going to drop. <laughs> so that's when we created our, well, I opened our first salon. Then two months later, we literally launched the first Butter Beauty Salon in the UK, and now we've got a few And more. now you have two, yep. actually, locations. Mm-hmm. The last one was opened in, in August. August, yeah. yeah, and the third one is coming up very soon. Congratulations. So, yeah. <laughs> so you'd been doing products for two years yourself, Llewellyn. Um, then you went into the salon. You've had the salon six years, did you say? Yeah. Where did your involvement start, Sam? Uh, so I run the warehousing, so yeah. I do all the manufacturing of the skincare, all the e-commerce side, and all of our trade orders. Um, we also do um, own label products, so um, clients come with their own brand, and we brand our products in their in their label for them. And I run all that side of our our business. Oh. Um, so they're very separate. Llewellyn runs the salons and the product development, and I run the manufacturing and skincare. It's just that big. Yeah. <laughs> Would you have been there from the start? Uh, I w- about a year into it, I started into working. Oh. But I've only been in the business really full time for um, just over two years. Oh, so when you started selling products, uh, you were mentioning Christmas markets and, and pop-ups and stuff. Did you ever think you'd go international with sales and stuff? 
we, I think we didn't at the start. We were kind of a bit like, we're just going to keep it local <laughs> instead of growing from there and going bigger and bigger. And so it's kind of changed our dynamics. And I think as a business, as all businesses, you, you grow and you, you move with the times. Yeah. And so when the opportunities arise, we started selling more and more throughout Europe at the moment. But it didn't overwhelm you whatsoever? You kind of just moved with it? We just or? Moved, there's been days when we're like, kind of like, oh, we're doing it. Um, we're always going to get that, but it's just kind of a nice movement forward, really. Mm. But it's been growing rapidly. So it sounds like it kind of works out nicely because there's two of you focusing on different sides of the business. If you were, I suppose you can probably answer it as the two of you, but if you were on your own, like just how much time and money is actually involved in the e-commerce side of it? Because I'd imagine a lot of people that have their salon running, they want to sell products online. At first it probably just feels like selling a few products here and there online, but what is the actual weight there? Um, because I run, I run the website side of things as well, so um, it is it's probably about 20% of our skincare sales. So in terms of hours a week, um, it, it's probably one member of staff for two full days. Mm -hmm. um, but then we've been running it for nine years. So um, when we first started, we were probably only doing maybe five to 10 parcels a week. So it's, it's manageable. Um, and then as you build up, you then you get a new member of staff, you get an apprentice to do that job for you. So it's not a case of you're not going to do 100 sales in a week the first week. So it builds up and you get used to the operation of it and you just add staff where you need to add staff. Cool. So if someone was to start jumping in like the, the e-commerce side of thing, either with their salon, their spa, what kind of logistics would they have to think about prior to getting started? Because you mentioned warehouse, there's a whole lot involved in this. I think it's setting times aside. So you need, you need to have some time each day where you're going to deal with your orders, what, day you, what time of day you're going to pack the orders, who's going to collect them, what time do they collect. It's knowing all those different sides to that sort of thing. You can't just kind of pop in at 2 o'clock and just do the orders, and then 5 o'clock the next day, because clients have a certain set amount of time. They will mm -hmm. wait for an order to be delivered. So generally, it's three to five days is, a, is, a, is, a, is the kind of retail turnaround, whereas with trade customers, it's 24 hours. So an order will come in, we'll turn it around within 24 hours. So it's having somebody there to deal with those orders as soon as they come in, to kind of uh, it, uh, sort of ship it onto the warehouse team so they pack the order, and to make sure that order's kind of turned around and sent out as quick as possible, really. Yeah, on that, though, when we first started, we didn't have a warehouse. So it, it wasn't a case of we started with a warehouse and... And we we had all the space in the world to do it. Um, we were doing it from a home in our a bedroom in our house. So you just kind of you use the space you've got, and then when when you outgrow it, you then have to look for maybe a bigger storeroom or a self storeroom to to work that business from. But it can become its own business as well. So. How does it work from a website point of view? Yeah. How do you mean that? <laughs> So obviously you have the whole warehouse set up and yep. all of that, but if I was just getting into this, this is, if I'm a salon owner and I have no idea how to get into e-com, how, how do you manage that Allow some space in your own home. So just find a little corner where you can actually sort of, you can deal with your orders. There's a little packing station where you've got your, kind of your boxes and your packaging tape and things. So you literally take the products home, pack them in the, you know, as soon as you go home that evening, following day you drop them off to the parcel shop. It's kind of a little, it needs a small space to start with. And as you grow, you, obviously your premises will grow yeah. and your needs will grow um, bigger. But you can do it from a small space really. It's kind of the tiniest amount of space in your ho own home would work to kind of create mm. that side of your business. And it's a good add-on really because it's, it's mm -hmm. a product you're already selling within your salons, but it's an extra sort of way of to promote your brand, yep. but to also get an extra sales as well. 
So we're on our salon sales, probably 15 to 20% is the retail privately through our web e-commerce website. That's on top of on top, whatever you sell in top, the salon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and from the building of the website, I, I could see you mm. wanted to... So we, we use Wix. Um, right. Uh, we did have someone build our website for us at first, um, but then it's limited control. Um, and if we wanted to change a product or we wanted to bring out a new product, we'd have to kind of send all that information over to them, wait for them to have time to do that. Um, whereas now I can just tell the apprentice, put that new product on, make it live, mm. put an offer on it, do an email campaign, and it can be, it can be up and running. Um, all the kind of self-build e-commerce platforms are fairly low risk for kind of um, investment. It's more time, research, making sure your SEO is right, making sure you've got your logistics set up ready. Um, and it's more that the, the time aspect is the, what's costing you um, rather than physical care. And with Wix as well, you can kind of, a lot of these places you can kind of create your website in the back of house, do all that before you even launch. So you can kind of create your website, do all your SEO, get everything right, and then you launch the website. So you kind of can do all the, all the groundwork beforehand, mm. and then you just launch them with something which looks, looks attractive, and nobody knows there's been sort of faults with it. But you've dealt with all them before you even launch the website. And that's quite handy with Wix. And there's lots of tutorials on there. So anybody can do it, really. It's not um, sort of a high skill. It's anybody can sit down, work it all out, watch the videos, and sort of change, make the changes. I know you have a question on yeah. dropshipping. Um, <laughs> just before we move into that, I'm curious, like, what kind of a budget do you need to start off then? Well, the website costs us a couple of hundred pounds a year to, to host the website. Yeah. Um, things like that, your images, so you obviously you need a photographer or mm -hmm. get the images taken. But even with the smartphone cameras, you can get really good images these days. Mm -hmm. So yeah. those images are kind of the, the key thing, is make sure the images are attractive. And obviously the content as well, which most people can create themselves or you can pay somebody to do that. So, you know, less than a few thousand pounds, you can have a good website up and running, SEO done on it as well. And the um, products and the already products. set up and all. Yeah, and you obviously already have the products in stock, so you're kind of not kind of dipping into that, because you li can literally can go to your salon, remove the stock off the shelf, and then ship that out. We do have the drop, uh, drop shipping question, but I am kind of curious. So we've kind of skimmed over it a little bit where how do you actually come up with the new products? Because you're doing all this yourself. You're not relying on going to other suppliers and then reselling their products. How do you go about Because there is two sides of the business. Yeah. But for, for us, if, well, for our first part is the salon requirements. So as our team come to us and go in, okay, we need this creating, we need that creating. And our girls are quite savvy with social media. So they're always looking for new ideas. So they'll come to us first of all. They'll pester me for about two months until I give in. I'll then create a product for them. They will then test that product. Once they're happy with that product, we then launch it to our customers in our first initial. They give us feedback. Once we get the feedback as a real sort of high positive, then we'll launch that to our brand, really. Um, but even our trade customers who are white label, they'll come to us going, I need this product, I need this product. Sometimes they send us a product and we reverse formulate it. Okay. And we'll sort of create that for them. Then there's a bespoke product just for them themselves. And do you have to get your products certified? Because I suppose it's all well and good. Just as well, I know in your previous life you were a chef, so you're kind of well used to mixing with <laughs> recipes and ingredients and stuff like that. 
is it still kind of like that, or are there, do you have to follow any guidelines when creating new products? There's, there's loads of rules. There's, there's a lot of, the phone yeah. is like that thick, you know, <laughs> but um, essential oil levels. We've 12 minutes. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's all sorts. You, you, there's loads of legals you have to follow and things, but over the years of doing these things, you kind of know what mm. you can kind of blend with what, mm -hmm. um, create what creates and you can do, and you kind of learn sort of the techniques as you go along, really. So for that, it's quite simple, really. Yeah, yeah I think of myself as a glorified baker. Yeah. <laughs> without the difficult part of actually having to bake anything. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's very similar to that. Cool. So now we'll get into dropshipping one. You're talking about a warehouse. I know it was the house beforehand. Just how big is the warehouse? Is it like proper warehouse with fork trucks and stuff flying around here? We don't have uh, fork trucks. We've got pallet trucks, but not fork trucks. We're not quite yeah. that big. Um, it's... What, a thousand <laughs> square meters? It's not massive. Yeah. Um, but then we have um, a section for raw ingredients. We've got a section for manufactured product. So stuff that's ready to be either labeled in own label or it's in our label. Um, and then we've got a manufacturing room at the back. And there's some offices upstairs, which isn't very interesting. Um, so we, we're geared up as a manufacturer yeah. who, who supplies to trade and retail. So, um, but obviously, if you're just doing it, you're setting up your own e-commerce, you don't need... 90% of that space. Yeah, yeah. because it sounds like you've got a lot of weight kind of going on here. Someone that's just looking at dipping their toes in there, it's probably instantly just going, I'm out, nah, yeah. gone. <laughs> the, the, the vast majority of our space is raw ingredients, yeah. so, um, or manufacturing. So it, the actual stock is probably in, like made stock is probably in about 10 meters, <laughs> 10 meter square room. Okay, kind of size, it's not huge. So have you ever kind of toyed with or explored the idea of dropshipping? Because the likes of Amazon and Shopify make it so easy for anyone, it, for anyone that's not familiar with dropshipping. It's essentially a term where I can run an online store from my laptop and never actually touch or see the products. Everything's essentially post and packaged to a third party. So have you ever looked into it? So we, we do it for, yeah. a, for a couple of, of like... They sell, the customers that we do it for, they sell multiple brands. Um, so they might sell 30 other 30 companies and then they'll say, oh, can you send this to Mrs. Jones in wherever? And they get 30% off our recommended retail price. Um, and then we, we have to send that product out. Um, it's a lot more work for, for us as a manufacturer, um, but it has the benefit to that person. They don't realistically for them. All they have to do is send me an email saying we need this product sending. So, um, as a retailer, it's a great idea. Um, as a manufacturer, I'm dubious about yeah. it. <laughs> whereas I like it, so I do more. Of it. Yeah. So there's, a, there's definitely fifty-fifty split there. Whereas he's running the warehouse, so he gets the final say. But I would like to push more of that because at the end of the day, it's another revenue coming into the business. Yeah, it's, it's good, good for, for profits as well. A lot of admin. Yeah, yeah for one or for two products from other websites. So for the SEO for our website, it, it's good because our products are on twenty websites instead of one. Right. Um, but I don't like having to sit down and do an invoices for one product. <laughs> That's all it is. Right, so um, at the Buddha Beauty Company, you've created your own range of organic vegan skincare and home fragrances. Were there any conflicts at all with, uh, I suppose, major suppliers out there or manufacturers when you set up your uh, e-com? I don't think it was to start off with, because when we started, veganism wasn't, it was still out there, but yeah. it wasn't so in the mainstream. 
So for us, we kind of started out making vegan products for everyone to use. Um, we weren't vegans. We are vegans now. We weren't at the time. We were kind of like, they're crazy. We're not going down that route. <laughs> um, but over the years, we kind of started making the changes from being yeah. ex exposure. Yeah. And so as it is now, veganism is the mainstream for, you know, skin kids. It's a growing market. I think last year was 25 percent. It's going up to 30 percent this year, just with a rapid change in the market share. Mm. And more and more clients are coming through our door asking to, you know, to use vegan products, whether they're vegan or not. They're kind of, that's the first change people make. It's actually to make that sort of product they can use to avoid the animal testing, avoid the animal ingredients. And they're starting to notice a big difference in that. So it's only healthy com competition and marketing. Yeah, then. yeah, nothing yeah. like that. We've got a few friends who actually have skincare brands as well, and we actually sort of, you know, cross promote and we talk to each other about different things. So there's no kind of, it's all healthy competition. It's all a bit of fun, really. Oh, that's and like that's that. a good thing because instead of competing, like everyone's getting a slice of that. You've you've gone out of your way to kind of make it work, as opposed to, I suppose creating that territory and then your clients don't know where to go they're kind yeah, of yeah. stuck in the middle and that like no man's well like you were saying as well i think with with the whole vegan aspect of things we're still educating ourselves on that and a lot of clients are still educating themselves on it so it's good that there's not that much of yeah. like a, a unhealthy competition i suppose yeah, yeah. and yeah. also for us as well there's a slight difference because we do white label mm -hmm. as well so we've got a lot of companies who are in our area selling our product but in their own name so you know there's no there's, for us there's no threat but we kind of sort of it's a healthy competition whereas there's certain areas they might be working so we'll keep away from that area to kind of allow them to grow and kind of work with their own branding really and kind of keep that separate i think also a note on, on the, the vegan aspect of the, having a vegan product in your salon um, it also suits a lot of other communities so it, it by its nature, it's a halal. It also works for the Jewish community. So you, you're giving options for a lot of people to come to your salon who wouldn't normally be able to come to your salon. So you're making this sound like an absolute dream, right? But I'm sure that there are some uh, drawbacks or cons or harder times. What can you tell us a bit about those harder um, times? Shipping companies. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I think unless you are a major company, you don't really register to them. Um, so getting information off them is very difficult. Um, we had an incident during Christmas so um, where I think eight parcels weren't delivered, all from one parcel shop. Um, no, no recollection of them ever, ever being there, but they don't inform you that that's happened. So um, the first I heard about it was one customer complaining that they hadn't received their products and then I had to inform seven other customers that their parcels weren't arriving and then had to resend all eight parcels. Mm -hmm. That is the thing that kind of, it, it's other people that you can't control that you kind of have to be a bit more savvy about how you use their services. Um, but that's probably the, the main annoyance um, in e-commerce yeah. is, is the stuff you can't you can't change yourself. And with us as well, we've got, we've got a team that was just growing in the warehouse. So as you start sort of giving people jobs to do and they start doing them really well, mm. it makes it easy because you can step out and you can oversee things. Whereas before we were very much hands-on and very much doing everything. Whereas now we've got a very good salon team. You know, they do control things very much. I kind of pop in and out when I want to. I don't have to be there and that makes things a lot, a lot easier. So when things do go wrong, there's a flexibility where you can then go in and, do, and solve a problem quite quickly sort of turn it around into a positive, really. So just how much of a learning curve was this journey? Because um, I know like you were a chef, you worked in travel beforehand, started making the products, people got on your back essentially to open the salon. So you'd no past experience in that, but you managed to go on through and do it. Sam, I'm assuming you had no experience in logistics and procurement. So and 
I am technically an engineer, so um, I used to work in China a lot, designing fridges and ovens and hubs. Um, so the whole quality control manufacturing side, I was fine with, yeah. just very different industry. Um, so running a business was kind of, was okay. Um, it was just the kind of industry change that was a bit of a shock um, and how much women love candles. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was really a thing, but... Yeah. Cool. Well, look, listen, I think uh, just before we wrap it up, if someone, or someone more specifically from here, was to go up and ask you for just one word of advice before embarking on this journey, what, what would you say? I'd say plan. Just make sure you plan, plan everything out, your website layout, how you're going to run things, you know, what products you're going to sell. Just sit down and spend a few months planning and then go for it for after that. But don't jump head first. No, yeah. no. Okay. And, and don't <laughs> advertise for about two weeks. So, yeah. <laughs> so launch your website. Your organic traffic will happen with your SEO anyway. Um, and then if you're going to do stuff like Instagram ads, do that once you've done a few orders and you've got your running of your system right because you don't, the worst thing that could happen is you have a hundred orders and you don't know what you're doing um, yeah yeah cool. well zoe has some closing remarks but just beforehand can we get a round of applause or a bula bus because we're in ireland <laughs> for <laughs> sam Llewellyn very much cool. Thank you, everyone here. It's great to see you all uh, in the Morsang Hotel. It's great to be out of the office for the first time doing this. Sam, Llewellyn, thank you so much for joining us again uh, a day prior to when you were supposed to arrive. We really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, one last thing. If, as always, you want to share your thoughts on this episode or have any suggestions at all for the podcast, send us an email at forcedfm at forest.com or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We genuinely love feedback and are always looking for ways to improve the show. Otherwise, let's just all go to the networking reception, right? Which is just inside to the right there and the product team have asked us to mention which I completely forgot about. Any questions just inside to the left of the wine. All the best. <laughs>